What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Wednesday, September 20th. We are working our way towards October already. My gosh. I feel like I was just on the other day saying, hey, it's exactly the middle of September. It's the 15th, but it doesn't feel like it was five days ago. I'm cool with October, though. Not because it contains Halloween. I used to be a big fan of Halloween, and now, eh, not that I'm against it. It just doesn't really do anything for me. I like October because we got the baseball postseason going on, hopefully with the Marlins. We got the football season going on, NFL and college. We got basketball returning. We got hockey returning. My two favorite months, sports-wise, out of the entire year, March is number one, October is number two. This October, which is just a couple of weeks away, less than two weeks away, this might be, keyword might, be the most exciting October that I can remember for South Florida in a long time. Not only are the Miami Dolphins good so far, and they should beat Denver on Sunday, not only are the Canes good so far, and then we'll finally see them, hopefully they'll be 5-0, and still got work to do, but then we'll see them at North Carolina. We may have playoff baseball, not necessarily in South Florida, but with our team. And I say not necessarily in South Florida because if you're not aware, the way it works now with the baseball postseason, there's three wild cards. And if you're wild card number two or wild card number three, all of your games in the first round are on the road. It's a best of three series. There's no more one game. It was a one-game wild card for a while, and I I hated that. I'm glad they got rid of that. So there's no traveling aside from the team going to a city, and then you're playing all the games there. There's no travel in between. So three games, possibly, unless somebody wins the first two, three games all in one city. If the Marlins make it, they would either go to Milwaukee or Philadelphia. And over the last week or so, I have decided where I would rather have the Marlins go, and that would be Philadelphia. I think they would fare better against the Phillies, plus I'd be able to get a nice cheesesteak. Not a whiz-wit. I don't do cheese whiz on a cheesesteak. I do mozzarella, although it's not Italian, so just mozzarella. However you want to see it, that's what I like. Or provolone. Actually, I don't know why I said mozzarella. People from Philly right now are like, mozzarella? I don't know, Philly? No. Provolone. My apologies. It's been a while since I've had a really good cheesesteak. That was an absolute mistake on my part. Just cancel out everything I said for those 30 seconds about mozzarella cheese or mozzarella, like Mimi's ravioli or something. Provolone. My gosh, that's, that's like suspension worthy. But I, I'm apologizing I beg for your pardon, provolone wit. 
I used to talk about cheesesteaks on the show all the time. How could I totally forget that? I'm craving. I'm just craving a really good cheesesteak. So give me some Marlins postseason madness. And also give me a cheesesteak because I'm not a bratwurst and beer guy. So let the Marlins go to Philadelphia. I will be there. I'm going tonight. I'm here in South Florida now. I'm not going to Philly tonight. I don't need a cheesesteak that bad. I am flying to Medellin tonight. I will not be with you guys tomorrow. I have an off day tomorrow. I get in super late to Medellin tonight. So I don't want to have to wake up really early and just start everything. Sorry, I'm taking the day off tomorrow, but I will be with you guys on Friday. I won't take the night off from watching what's going on sports-wise and watching the Marlins game. I'll probably be able to see the entire Marlins game before we even get in the air. Although on American, I could watch it in the air too, but I'm just saying, baseball games nowadays, they go so quickly. and I I love what they did with the pitch clock. So I'm really liking how the Marlins are right in the middle of this mix. It's probably going to be a battle down to the wire. They got 10 games to go. Nuts, right? 10 games to go and they're in this. 10 games to go and I was telling somebody last night, it may come down to where it's next Friday or Saturday and the Marlins are in Pittsburgh and it's like a win and you're in situation. It really may come down to that. It better at least come down to that or they clinch sooner because if they don't get in, I'm not going to come on here and say, all right, thank you, Marlins. That was fun, but uh, now we're moving on to football. It's not going to be that easy. I was sort of doing that a few weeks ago, but that was understandable because there's a month to go. The Marlins, they they should have won some games and they started losing some games. And I was like, all right, yeah, well, thank you very much for getting us to football season. But now that they're there, that they're so close and there's 10 games to go, I will not be able to just easily get over this if they don't get in. So I'm really rooting for them. I've been rooting for them this whole time. It's just that there have been at least a couple of occasions where I did come on here and I said, yeah, it's just, it's not going to happen. Now, it better happen. Last night, my poker tournament happened at the Hard Rock. Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. A lot of you guys showed up. Thank you to each and every one of you that came out. Last month, I won for the third time in nine tries. Last night, I really thought I was going to win going into the tournament and even during the tournament. I wound up finishing in 12th, which is not bad, but for me... I'm I'm looking to at least get to the final table. I was three shy of getting to the final table. I came in 12th, and I did get paid. You, you make money for finishing in 12th place. So it was a fun night. A lot of you came out. We exchanged stories. We talked poker. We talked sports. We talked about uh, my views in Medellin when I'm there. Girls, 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 girls. It was a great conversation with so many of you.
and I'm looking forward to the next one. It's every single month in the poker room at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. And here's a little info for you, which I haven't announced yet on the internet, but I, I will tell you here, for those of you that play in my poker tournament or want to come play in my poker tournament, starting next month, okay, starting in October, we are doubling the guarantee in the prize pool. So it'll be $20,000 in the prize pool. And we are also doubling the amount of chips that you're going to start with. Right now, it's 10000 guaranteed in the prize pool and 20000 chips you start with. Beginning in October, it'll be $20,000 guaranteed in the prize pool with 40000 chips that you start with. And the buy-in will be $250. So it's only 100 bucks more. But you're getting double the prize pool guaranteed, and you're getting double the chip. So more money will be up for grabs, and I can't wait to take first when it all gets doubled starting next month. The buy-in isn't doubled. It's only 100 bucks more, so it'll be 250 total. That'll be starting next month, and the date on that, it's never too early to put a reminder in your phone. It's very simple. October 17th, that is going to be the next one. Because you hear about this, you're like, oh, gosh, I wish I was there. Well, now make sure you are there October 17th at the Hard Rock for the next Slater Scoops Poker Tournament. So we got a busy night tonight. I've got my flight to Medellin, and I'll do the show from Medellin starting on Friday. We have the Marlins finishing up their home series with the Mets at Lone Depot Park. We got Lionel Messi and Inter-Miami at home. They're playing Toronto. We're getting to the stretch run of the MLS season. So we should be seeing more and more Messi as Inter-Miami is trying to get in. You know, they're trying to chase a season championship, not just mid-season tournament titles. So good luck to Inter-Miami. It's going to be tough for them to get it done. But with Lionel Messi on the pitch, you got a really good shot. All right, I do have a lot to get to on this Wednesday, a lot to get to this hour, but I can't get to any of it until the hour officially begins. It's time to shuffle up and deal. I'm playing cards last night. I'm playing in my poker tournament at the Hard Rock. And on the television right in front of me, I've got the Marlins and Mets song. And that was so important. For me, it's important to play my tournament and try to win my tournament. But I had my eyes on that television. I posted a picture on my Instagram story. You see it. There's a guy in front of me who's blocking the TV a little bit. I mean, come on. And then you've got the TV behind him. And I I put an emoji on him because I didn't know if. You know, he wanted somebody to know he was there. So I put the sunglasses emoji on him. You see the poker table. And then you see the television right there. I'm I'm focused on the tournament, and I'm focused on the Marlins and the Mets at the same time. Miami's got 10 games to go. You've got the Marlins, the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, and the Reds all there in the mix. Maybe you could say the San Francisco Giants, but they're running out of time. 
The Marlins last night, just like today, taking on the Mets, and the Mets are not good. Miami's got to take care of business. It got a little sketchy last night there in the ninth inning, or a little bit more than sketchy if they were going to win that game or not. But in the end, they pulled it off. Jake Berger, my man Jake Berger, people say that Jake Berger and I look alike. If you just put a mustache on me, we would be the same person. Will Manso posted on X, formerly Twitter, last night. He's like, hey, just saying, I've never seen Jake Berger and Andy Slater together. You know, maybe it's the same guy. But no, I was playing poker last night. I was doing my thing. Jake was doing his thing in Little Havana. And Jake came through in the bottom of the ninth. The Marlins won. Now they got to win tonight. They got to take two out of three against the Mets. You take two out of three in a series, because it's hard to ask for a sweep, but you take two out of three, that's taking care of business. And that's what the Marlins need to do. That's what should be playing in the clubhouse after the game tonight. It wasn't easy last night. If they would have lost that game, it would have been, oh my gosh, really, really bad. Tanner Scott scared me. He's been really good. He had it to two outs in the ninth inning, and then the Mets get a double, a two-run double, a backbreaker. The game's tied at three, but the Marlins are fighters. That's one of the best qualities of this club. They were able to take a punch, and then they could throw one right back, and that is exactly what they did in the bottom of the ninth. The burger, man. Burger King, $5 burger night. Next time, please, no pickles and onions. I talked about that yesterday. I don't want to get into a rant again about why you need to put pickles and onions on a burger. It's ridiculous. Just make them plain cheeseburgers. But the $5 burger, man, Jake Burger, he's worth a lot more than $5. He's at the plate with a chance to win it. Walk-off single. The place goes wild. I'm talking about the poker room. I'm sure Lone Depot Park went wild, too. Jake Berger gets a walk-off winner. He's a mid-season acquisition right at the trade deadline, paying off huge for the fish, and they win 4-3. to three. Tonight, a really strong pitching matchup. The Marlins sending Yuri Perez to the mound. He's got the best stuff on their staff when he's right. Sandy is fantastic. Sandy's better than Yuri, but right now Sandy's not on their staff. You look at that staff, Yuri's got the best stuff. Braxton Garrett pitched great. He's been doing phenomenal, surprising a lot of people. But Yuri, he, the, the dude's electric. He can dominate a game. He can strike out nine Mets tonight. In fact, that's the number I threw out there. That was at the top of my head. That's what I'm going with. Nine Ks tonight for Yuri Perez. And the Mets, they're countering with Kodai Senga. He has been really good. He's got a 2.95 ERA, 191 Ks. Spectacular stuff. What I would keep my eye on now with the Marlins tonight, then they got the day off tomorrow, and then they play Milwaukee on Friday. I'm hoping Luis Arise is going to be okay. 
Yesterday, I'm singing praises for him because he deserves them. When I was at the game Monday night, he got his 200th hit, 201st hit also. But then right before the game last night, you guys probably heard about it. He's practicing, fielding, something that happens before every game. Sort of steps on a baseball, hurts his ankle, missed last night's game. At this time of the season, given how good he has been, how consistent he has been, the Marlins really need him. They need everybody. Jorge Soler is back. Jazz is back. They really need Luis Arise to be okay. This Marlins offense, they need him at the top. I remember when Skip was moving Luis Arise around a little bit, and then he went back to him at the top, and everything started clicking. This offense, they need everything that they can get in this lineup because you just never know. And we saw examples of this from this past weekend compared to these last couple of games with the Mets. You you never seem to know when, for whatever reason, some of these bats are going to go silent. When I was there Monday night, the Marlins only scored one run. Now, you could say maybe they should have had three. Solaire's shot to left field was fair, wasn't foul. They changed their minds. The umpires did. But look at what they did to the Braves. They lit Atlanta up, the freaking Braves. So you're lighting up teams. You're scoring 16 runs. And then you're coming back and you're scoring one and then four. Four could get it done some nights, but I'd rather see, of course, I mean, this is obvious. I'd rather see more of what they did to the Braves than what's been going on with the Mets. But in terms of what they've been able to do offensively, it's been up and down. They go from an unstoppable machine to not much at all, where you're scratching and clawing to get anything on the board. And that's just kind of the way this team has been. When they're good, they're more than good. Like what Tony the Tiger always says. When the Marlins are hitting, when this lineup is clicking, they're great. And that's what they need to be. Because when they're not clicking, they're just not good at all. And maybe you're like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, if you're not clicking, you're not good. But no, there's got to be a medium here. 16 runs, one run. 16 runs, four runs. Why don't we get like six or seven? I know that's unrealistic to average, but five, six, seven? I won't even ask for six. Just give me five. Give me five. Let the pitching staff hold it down. Let the bullpen hold it down. We're talking about 10 games to go in the regular season. Just 10. You got a bunch of teams in the mix. Like I said, Arizona, Chicago, Cincinnati, the Marlins, maybe the Giants. Phillies are the, the number one wild card, and they'll probably stay that way. If the Marlins can go in their next 10 Seven and three. I feel like seven and three is guaranteed to get them in. 
I think if they go six and four, most likely they'll get in. Five and five, probably not. But seven and three, that gets you in. And when you've got 10 games to go, you could break it down pretty easily. You don't have to look at the schedule. You can remember it in your head. I'm asking for seven and three. If they beat the Mets tonight, they're finished with the Mets at home. You get Milwaukee for three at home. Let's say you win two of those. That means one loss. You go to the Mets. Let's say you beat the Mets two out of three in New York. That's two losses. You go to Pittsburgh. You beat the Pirates two out of three. That's three losses, seven victories. With a little bit of leeway there. Maybe you go to New York and you only win one. I'm just saying, you got a little bit of leeway there. Not a whole lot. But if they don't win tonight with Yuri on the mound, although Senga's really good for New York, now you're talking about nine games to go and you really need to go seven and two. And now it gets much more difficult. Get these W's out of the way right now. Let other teams chase them instead of you chasing the Cubs or the Diamondbacks or the Reds. They got to take a game-by-game approach, the Marlins. I don't. Fans don't. They may not be saying, oh, we got to win seven. They got to win tonight. They get a day off Thursday. Friday they come to the ballpark. Milwaukee's in town. We got to win tonight. They take it game by game. But I'm telling you, if the Marlins win seven out of their next ten, we are getting postseason baseball. If they win six out of their next ten, we're most likely going to get postseason baseball. If they don't win more games in their next ten than they lose, five wins or less, I think the Marlins are going to be outside, outside that cutoff point. And I know the Marlins made the postseason a few years ago, the 60-game COVID season. They even won a series at Wrigley. But with all due respect to that team, because they gave it all they, they could, and they were sick. They came down with COVID. They were locked in a hotel. They had to take a bus back. It gave us something to watch, but that wasn't a real season. 162 games is a grind. Battling through injuries, making moves at the trade deadline. They got a new manager, first-time manager in Skip Schumacher. If the Marlins get in, if they can get a wild-card spot, it would be a huge accomplishment for this franchise. Even if it's the third wild card spot, it is a legitimate postseason spot. They got a young roster. It would be a big-time stepping stone, potentially, to much bigger things ahead. And we'll see if Kim Ang is making those deals ahead because if you look at the way the Marlins have been fighting and the position they put themselves in, from what I understand, they haven't extended Kim Ng's contract. She's up after this season. The team has been much better than expected. 
they're far from complete. There's still work to do. But will the Marlins let Kamang stay on and finish the job? There's a lot that goes on in the organization that we don't know about as far as who's actually making decisions. But we always say, hey, it's the general manager. So let's see what the Marlins do. Just get in. Get a wild card spot. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go crazy. Let's get nuts. For like the seventh time here in 2023, we would be really excited about one of our teams going deep, getting in, and then unexpectedly going deep. Because you know if the Marlins get in, they're going to go to the World Series. I mean, look at everything else that's happened here in 2023. If you want to look at something really nice, head on over to Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, where you'll be surrounded by gorgeous Dean's Gold is the ultimate gentleman's club for a reason. That is because the beautiful ladies that you'll be surrounded by, they come from all over the world. So many different countries are represented at Dean's Gold. You will have yourself an incredible night or even early morning. And that's because Dean's Gold is open every single day from 8 p.m. all the way until 6 a.m. Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, is located on the northeast corner of Northeast 163rd Street and Biscayne Boulevard. That's in North Miami Beach. You could watch games there, baseball, football, basketball, hockey, whatever you want. You'll be entertained during every timeout and commercial break because you'll be surrounded by beautiful women who come from all over the world. There's only one building in South Florida that can happen. It is the ultimate gentleman's club, Dean's Gold. The Miami Dolphins back to practice and I think the big storyline this week well number one the health of Jalen Waddle the whole concussion protocol what his status is going to be moving forward that'll be part of the storyline how that will impact the Miami Dolphins offense I know being at home at Hard Rock Stadium especially with Dolphins fans being out in full force on the road the Dolphins, they've really evolved into one of the more passionate, well-traveled fan bases in the league. Some in New England, a lot in Los Angeles, and now finally in Miami Gardens, the Hard Rock should be rocking. There's no reason that crowd should not be loud early. The Dolphins aren't just off to a 2-0 and start, but the way they've done it, two big road wins, both in the conference, one in the division, playing a dynamic and interesting offensive brand of football. This Dolphins team deserves a ton of support. So that big storyline, it won't necessarily be Waddle. It won't necessarily be the crowd. It'll be Mike McDaniel against Denver. And I can't just blah, blah that storyline because it truly is amazing. A kid from Colorado who worked his way up from being a ball boy to now being a head coach in the National Football League. Come on, getting the opportunity to coach against the team you rooted for as a kid? How awesome is that? Mike McDaniel deserves this moment, and he should savor it. It's rare as heck, and I know he won't make it about himself, but 
It's a little bit about him. You take a look at the way not only he made it to the league, but what he's done so far. Only in his second season now, look at this Dolphins offense. Yes, they have playmakers, and you need playmakers. Why are those playmakers here in Miami? I think Mike McDaniel had a big part in bringing them here, talking to Chris Greer saying, hey, these are the guys we need. This is the type of offense we need to run. Mike McDaniel could change the way things work offensively in the NFL. I know not every team's going to have Tyreek and Jalen in terms of speed at your one and two spots, but some of the pre-snap movement, using it to get good matchups and create space, the rest of the league, they're watching. They see that the Dolphins are playing a different brand of football than every other team. They're going to try their best to copy it. We know it's a copycat league. One thing works for someone. Every coach is going to try to rip it off. Great idea. This Dolphins team has more players doing more movements than any team I can recall. And I'm talking about all over the field. So Mike McDaniel's got his thing going on, and so far it's been spectacular. And they should be 3-0 after Sunday. You could be 3-0, and heading on out to Gulfstream Park, maybe win the first three races, a pick three, or the first three of a pick five, make some money. You could wager 10 or 20 cents and possibly make thousands of dollars. Live racing going on every week right now at Gulfstream Park. It is their sunshine meet. What I suggest doing is when you go to Gulfstream Park, go to their trackside restaurant, 10 Palms. The AC is kicking in there. You could watch the races live right in front of you. You'll have a fantastic meal while you do that. And, of course, if you're going to be there, you could wager on the races as well. If you can't make it out to Gulfstream Park, you could wager from your phone anywhere in the state of Florida. It is completely legal to do, but make sure you download the First Bet app. The First Bet app is the official wagering app of Gulfstream Park. I'll talk more about the University of Miami football team when I'm with you on Friday. What I want to talk to you about right now, though, before Lieutenant Camacho joins me, is how you may be thinking about retiring early, but you're just not planning it right. Or maybe you're not planning it at all. Maybe you think you know what you're doing with your money. Contact Trajan Wealth. They know how to help you, and it will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. They're located locally in Palm Beach. They will design a plan based around your goals, which is the most important thing. You want to enjoy vacations. You want to enjoy football season and maybe even have a little extra money during football season. Instead of doing things like you do them right now, contact Trajan Wealth and let them help you. Visit TrajanWealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com. Or call them at 561-390-1000. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. And this is a paid advertisement. Here on this Wednesday, Lieutenant Camacho from the Florida Highway Patrol with us here on the Andy Slater Show. 
Lieutenant, I had my poker tournament at the Hard Rock last night. People at the poker table were talking about you. They said they love Wednesdays. They said, oh, I've been listening forever, even when you had Sergeant Wysocki on. I like the new guy, too. Uh, so you got fans out there. I didn't know if you uh, knew that or not, did you? That's awesome. I mean, sometimes people approach me and they say, hey, I hear you all the time on the radio or I see you on uh, YouTube. Or, and it's kind of cool, you know, uh, but but uh, it's great that they, uh, you know, they see you and they, uh, you know, they, they like the show. That's the most important part. We try to make it as educational, as fun as possible. Very informative. And yes. There's a few things that I want to go over with you right now, Lieutenant. Um, Headlines that I see, things in the news people want to know about. I know everyone at the Florida Higher Patrol, troopers, sergeants, lieutenants like you, um, you're you're ready to act. No matter what's going on, you're always ready to act and jump into action. Tell me what happened exactly, if you can. I think this was in the Tampa area. A trooper got hurt. There was a stroller near the road. Can you explain what was going on there, please? Yeah, actually, uh, like like you said, you just never know what you're going to find yourself, what kind of a situation. But we had a trooper in the Tampa area that was uh, assisted um, with uh, traffic control in a um, for for a school uh, in Hillsboro. Uh, like a, it's like a, some kind of academy. So he was uh, helping with the school uh, intersection there, making sure everybody's crossing. And um, while stationed there, um, he notices a pedestrian uh, begins to utilize the crosswalk with the with the green signal to, to you know to cross safely, uh, pushing a a stroller with a child uh, in it. You know, it's like a baby stroller. And uh, he notices that as the pedestrian starting to cross in that crosswalk. Um, there's a vehicle that's uh, about to turn, not yielding to the pedestrian. So he, the sergeant the, in uh, Tampa, he, he literally jumps out in front of this vehicle, trying to get uh, to gain compliance of the car, get that person's attention to, to stop and to yield. But the driver uh, continued and moments later, uh, you know, collides, actually crashes and hits the, 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 the trooper. Uh, yeah. So, uh, the, the, luckily the pedestrian and the baby stroller didn't get hit. Uh, luckily, uh, minor injuries. This guy's been on for 29 years. He's a Marine veteran. He's wow. a very, uh, very, you know, great, uh, career. Um, and you know, after further investigation, it was a 71 year old person that was driving that vehicle, um, weren't arrested. They were cited for failure to, uh, yield. But uh, at the end of the day, listen, nobody got seriously hurt, just minor injuries, uh, but commendable for the sergeant to do that and put himself in harm's way like that. Is that a situation? Because I think you just said the guy wasn't arrested and he hit the trooper and and didn't stop and all of that. I mean, once that whole thing happened, he stopped. But is, is that a circumstance? And I know you weren't there, Lieutenant, where you kind of investigate, you put it all together and maybe it was an honest mistake. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I wasn't there, but you know, if somebody, uh, you know, tries to harm you and they try to, you know, obviously run you over, they're trying to use their vehicle as a weapon. I mean, that's, that's a felony number one. And, and that can be responded to, I mean, within the matrix of, uh, of use of force and police work that can be, uh, you know, interpreted as, you know, as a justification for, for utilizing deadly force. I mean, if I'm about to get struck by a vehicle, 
pretty good chance I'm going to either get seriously hurt or, or, or possibly even die. Uh, but in this case, obviously, the person might have just been uh, not really paying attention, not, you know, maybe paying attention to the cars instead of the pedestrians crossing uh, in that crosswalk. So I think it was just a mistake of the heart, really. I think the sergeant knew that after uh, talking to the driver, and he felt it was appropriate just to maybe cite that driver and not push it any further. In other circumstances, because we're talking about a 71-year-old driver here, right? Mm -hmm. So right. in other circumstances, does age come into play when you think about an arrest compared to the offense? No, no. Again, I think it's the intention, Andy. Uh, I, really, the age is irrelevant here. Uh, it just, I, I mentioned it cause that's how we're, you know, we're, we're identifying this person as a 71 year old motorist. Um, we typically just put the age out there like that, but no, I don't think the age is, is has any relevance really. Okay. Um, if it would have been a younger person, I don't think it would have been made a difference. I think the, what makes the ultimate difference when you're talking about a car hitting an officer is, was there any, uh, maliciousness? Uh, was there any bad intentions there? What was the intention? Was it careless? Was it just negligence? I mean, that's really what, what determines the outcome. Lieutenant Camacho with the Florida Highway Patrol with us here on the Andy Slater Show, as he is every Wednesday. A couple more things I want to get to. I, I believe this had to do with somebody much younger. Uh, I saw a press release called Speed Racer, and it caught my attention. <laughs> uh, what, what happened with this young driver going more than 100 miles per hour, but then you weren't able to stop him? Yeah, well... This was in the Fort Myers area, um, and a, yes, like you said, speed racer, driving about uh, almost 130 miles an hour, Ooh. weaving in and out of traffic in the um, uh, Fort Myers area near uh, State Road 80. Not too familiar with the area, but it was a 60-mile-an-hour speed limit zone. He's doing 130, which is obviously more than double. Trooper gets the speed via radar, confirms the vehicle, uh, attempts to initiate a traffic stop. The vehicle... Um, flees uh, uh trying to elude the officer uh the trooper um trooper was able to identify the vehicle the type the make the model the you know certain things it had that made it identifiable uh but i think somewhere along the line there the the trooper disengaged i think they might have gotten into like a dirt road area or or, or something like that and the trooper decided it was just safe to disengage at that moment because he had enough information where he could identify that vehicle at a later time. And he did just that with the assistance of uh, Hendry County Sheriff's Office. Uh, we were able to review uh, traffic cameras, uh, license plate readers, and we were able to locate that vehicle, confirm the, the plate number. Uh, and that individual was uh, arrested on uh a few days after the incident at his residence. And, um, oh, wow. I, I bet he was surprised. Yeah, he was definitely. And, and he actually tried to, uh, uh, alter the appearance of the vehicle. It had some really identical, uh, uh, you know, unique markings, like some stripes and stuff. And he tried to alter that. Um, uh, but this is a good example, Andy, because it's always asked, you know, how do we determine when we're going to pursue a vehicle? There's so, and I always say there's so many things that come into play, the weather, the traffic. Is it a pedestrian area? Is it a residential area? And sometimes the trooper just has to kind of, you know, as hard as it may seem, sometimes we just have to say, you know what, it's best if I just disengage here and we just let police work uh, do its magic, do its thing. And we can, we can just find this person and we'll arrest this person a couple days later. And that's exactly what happened here. 
Uh, nobody got hurt, no crashes, no further incidents. But this person who was obviously driving reckless with no regard at the time for anybody's safety out there was arrested and was transported to the uh, Hendry County Jail. So overall, I think uh, great work and great decision making by the troopers. Yeah, so you do get people later just because they're coming after you and you think, oh, I got away. Uh, you're not going to get away necessarily every time. Uh, one more thing. Speaking of uh, getting away, Lieutenant, uh, I believe this was in Palm Beach County. Uh, mm -hmm. You guys had a chase recently. How did that end up? Did somebody get away? Yeah, this was a a, a car show or a car uh, meet uh, where a uh, I believe it was a Corvette um, was was seen on the highway traveling at another very high rate of speed. Uh, troopers attempted to actually they got the vehicle stopped, uh, but you know there there was a pursuit that 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 did uh, that they did have to engage in. Luckily, again, they got the vehicle to stop. They arrested the driver. Then uh, the vehicles, I think, potentially was impounded or might be even seized. Because as a reminder, if you utilize a vehicle in the state of Florida uh, while committing a felony and 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 fleeing uh, and driving recklessly, that 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 fits that uh, your vehicle can be seized uh, by the government. So I'm not sure if they're seizing the vehicle or if it was just impounded, but I uh, just wanted to put that reminder out there. But again, uh, overall, another. Uh, you know, we got another reckless driver off the street without any further incidents. And and one more thing, Andy, uh, with all these uh, kind of street takeovers that are that are happening in South Florida, where we've seen sometimes these uh, groups of vehicles that are doing the stunt driving or, or you know, the, the the peeling out or doing the donuts on roadways and stuff and stopping traffic. Um, just following up on the last incident where we uh, arrested somebody a few days later, that's happening a lot with these uh, individuals. We're able to identify them via our analysts, via, uh, you know, follow-up investigations, and we're knocking on doors and we're arresting these people. So just because yeah. sometimes you don't see officers arriving at the time, uh, there is work being done behind the scenes and people are uh, being put in jail for that. That's good to know. Lieutenant Camacho with the Florida Highway Patrol, it's always good speaking with you. Uh, we'll do it again next Wednesday. Thanks, Andy. See you. All right, Lieutenant Camacho, Florida Highway Patrol. Been having the Highway Patrol, Florida Highway Patrol on the show for years and years and years and years. And I still keep in uh, good contact with Sergeant Wysocki, who actually, when he retired, they promote him. It's like, wow, they didn't promote you before? No. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Sergeant Wysocki is uh, doing well, for those of you that always remember hearing him. And he's in my uh, football contest, too, on my site, SlaterScoops.com. He's labeled under Sarge. He was texting me the other day. Hey, I went 11 and 5 this week. So Sarge, maybe I need to have Sarge on for a a wagering segment. He can give you guys advice, especially when the Hard Rock app comes back. All right, that's all the time I got for this Wednesday afternoon. No show tomorrow. I'll be with you on Friday. For now, I'm Andy Slater, and I'll see you later.